Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. I'm so honored to speak to you today, and I know and I recognize that today is a very significant day. It's a special day, all right? But I also recognize that for today, like Mother's Day, there's some hurts and brokenness from the past. I know that some of us have lost our dad. I lost my dad. I talk about him frequently. Um, My dad was in and out of my life, all right? And I'll share that maybe a little bit in the sermon. But nevertheless, the Bible says, honor the Lord, honor honor your father and your mother. And there's a promise attached to it. And you will live a long life, all right? It doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but watch this, love covers a multitude of sins. And maybe today you're, you and your dad are estranged. Maybe your dad had done things to you and, and that was not right. But I want you to not just wallow in your pain today and wallow in the hurt because it might be real and it is real for me too because I've gone through this. I also want you to be optimistic about the dad that you're going to be to your children in Jesus' name. God wants you, fathers, if you don't hear anything today, listen to this. God wants to heal you. Not only does God want to save you, he wants to mend your broken heart. And he wants to take your face from the past and put it on the present and put it on the future. Because if you're walking with Jesus, your best days, dad, are ahead of you in Jesus' name. Come on, someone, all right? You you be the dad that you never had. You be the father that you never had. That's me today. I'm standing here. I can get emotional. But I'm unhinged from chains and brokenness and addiction and and afflictions from the Alfaro family. I'm the only one of my kind. Come on, somebody. I'm the only. I I am. I'm the last Mohican. I don't know if I can say that. All right. I'm the last Alfaro. But God has, in these uh, recent times, have blessed me with a son whom I prayed for so I can raise him right in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all. All right. So watch this. What the devil meant for evil, God can turn around for good. So don't look back. Look forward to what God is going to do, do for you in your, in your fatherhood in Jesus' name. And watch this. I know I'm giving a little bit of lessons here. But the best dads, so to speak, the best dads are great followers of Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's get into the word today. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 127. I'm going to have you stand up one more time for the word of God. We honor the word here. Let me tell you this, church, we believe in the word of God. All right, we stand on his word. Psalms 127, verse 3 through 5 says this in the voice. It says, know this. Say, know this. All right, know this. Children are a gift from the eternal. Yes, even the one that frustrates you, that child is a gift. All right. Uh, Children are a gift from the eternal. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Your your sons born in your youth are a protection. Say protection. We're going to talk about that today. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. I like that. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Happy is the man who has his quiver full. For they will help and protect him. Now watch this. They will help and protect him. So watch this, dads. Be nice right now to your kids while they're young. Because when you get old, you're going to need them. Somebody say amen. And my mama told me, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but what goes around comes around. All right? And if you want your kids to be around, be nice to them in Jesus' name. All right? 
Happy is the man who has a quiver full, for they will help and protect him when he is old. He will not be humiliated when he is accused at the gate. In other words, watch this, your reputation will proceed you. When you raise your kids the right way and you live with integrity, guess who's going to defend you? The people that love you, your children. For his sons will stand with him against his enemies. Somebody say amen. You, you stay standing. I'm going to go to my knees and pray for the sermon today. Lord, we just thank you. Because, Lord, you, God, are an awesome Abba. You're a God that provides, that protects, that sustains. You're a God that doesn't look beyond us. You look right at us. You are Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees me. And, Father, you have given us the right to become your children. And we honor you and we love you. Who cares? We're going to say who cares. But we know that society is seemingly coming unhinged. But we know that though society might be, it's, it's going its own way and astray. We know that we are your children and we are protected by our God, our Father who loves us. And despite the economy of the world, you are God who provides and sustains us even in the midnight hour. We honor you and we glorify you, God Almighty, Heavenly Father, for all the things that you do for us. Things we see and things we don't even know yet until we get to heaven. We love you. We pray you bless the word today. We pray that you break down walls, walls of the hearts. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you have your way in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Give the Lord one more clap as you take your seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm going to take a drink of water because I like to drink coffee, all right? So good. We're so honored that you're here with us. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. Uh, uh, we, we promise we won't scare you or do any crazy seances. Uh, we don't do those kinds of things. We're a normal, loving, Jesus-filled church. Amen. So welcome home online or in person. I want to talk to you this morning. And, and by the way, if you're a dad, this message is for you. Also, if you're being fathered, all right, this message is for you too. Let it be a refresher. If you're a mom in the house, uh, 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 let this message just serve as a reminder for you about how your husband should be. Come on, someone, all right? But if you're a single girl, especially pay attention because these are the qualities you should look for in a man as you dream to raise a family, amen? So the title of the message today is Five Qualities of a Good Father. Five, can you say it with me? Five Qualities of a Good Father. Five Qualities, and I want to teach this to you today. Mark Twain said, <laughs> Mark Twain's always funny. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he learned in just seven years, all right? The presence and involvement of a father, church, is unlike anything else in the universe. Let me say that again. The presence and involvement, church, of a father is unlike anything else in the universe. In fact, I would say um, uh, the lack of a presence of a father is like trying to build a great building on something that isn't strong, that isn't made to last, all right? That's because dads mimic what our heavenly father does for us. His children, he protects, shelters, comforts, and loves. And I want to be a little bit honest with you with my story. 
Um, but uh, through this sermon, and I hope it encourages you. That's my mission today, to teach you, to exhort you, and to build the body up in Jesus' name. You know, superheroes are not real, although I love me some Batman. Come on, someone, all right? I, I like Superman. He's just too nice and too good for me, all right? I grew up in the hood, so I like Batman, you know? I'm, try- I'm still being sanctified. Please pray for a brother, all right? Uh, there's all kinds of superhero movies out, Spider-Man and uh, Batman, and, and, and by the way, all of them have dads or lack thereof, all right? I like Superman because he has, uh, in a way, he has a good dad, Clark Kent, all right? Or no, excuse me, Jonathan Kent, all right? I know my comic book history, all right? Uh, there's a lot of superhero movies out there, and you know, obviously, superheroes don't exist, but I want to tell you today, if you love your wife, men, the wife you've been married to for 10 years or more or however long, if you love your kids and are raising your kids in, in godly values and biblical principles, let me tell you, you are a superhero in the name of Jesus. You really are. You really are. Why? Because you're living countercultural to the world out there. That, that, and I don't want to get into all that because that's not my message today. But you need to be prepared and understand that the world doesn't fight for you. It doesn't vote for you. But let me tell you, a lot of the issues that we face in our culture, in our society, is because of a lack of a father at home, the broken home. But I'm encouraging the calling church, a church that, of great men who are going to stand for the values of God, believe in Jesus, who are going to love their wife and grow beyond their pains and their habits. Somebody say, amen. You are the superheroes of today. Come on, y'all. All right. You really are. You are world changers and history makers. You might not change the world, but the son that and daughter that you might raise may one day change the world. Someone say amen. All right. So I want to give you five qualities of a good father. Five qualities. And if I'm honest with you, these are qualities that my dad did not possess. These are qualities that my own dad didn't know he could live up to. My dad struggled with drugs and alcohol. In fact, most of my family struggled with alcohol. Two men in my, two or maybe even three men have died from alcoholism in my family. As a young boy, I just wanted to belong. As a young kid, I just wanted to be champion. I wanted to, 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 to you know, grow up and who God has called me to be. And I wanted someone to affirm me. These were the things that were lacking in my life. I've often shared my stories as I got, as I grown up, you know, I, I was dating everybody, playing baseball oftentimes. And if you pay attention to, let me talk, talk to the fatherless real quick. If you pay attention, if you had a, if your dad has never been around, God, watch this, God, the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless, amen. He will raise you up if you believe in him. But oftentimes I would recognize that God would put coaches in my life. He would have put pastors in my life to kind of guide me and lead me. All right, so we gotta pay attention to the dads, the spiritual fathers, and that is a true thing. God will put spiritual, spiritual, say spiritual, fathers. He will put spiritual fathers in your life. All right, watch, God will give you that in your life if you're missing out on that in your life. But let me go back to my dad. My dad didn't know who he was. He struggled with who he was. And that meant I struggled with who I was because my dad never taught me. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but here's point number one. The quality of a good father is identity. Say identity. A father, watch this, a father tells his children. This is one of the most important points I have for you today. A father tells his children who they are. Let me tell you again, let me say this again. Again, a father tells his children who they are. My dad struggled with his identity 
because his dad struggled with his identity. Therefore, I'm, you know, the, I'm the next person in line. My grandfather, my, actually this is like three, gener- four generations going. Then Michael, Pastor Michael struggled with his identity because those men didn't know who they are. But at the age of 21, I fell in love with the scripture. I started reading that God was a father to the fatherless, that he knows every hair on my head, that he sustains me and cares for me and believes the best for me this changed and revolutionized my life so if I'm speaking to a man who is broken all right let this let Jesus let the word of God let the Holy Spirit revolutionize your life and let me tell you right now I'm a stand I'm standing before you as a walking miracle because those chains have been broken and unhinged and unlinked let me tell you I'm not the most perfect person my wife will tell you that all right But watch this, I stand on God's word and I follow the perfect one, all right? The flawless one, Jesus, who makes me a little bit better and he can make you a little bit better today. In fact, I invite every single man, I challenge every single man in my church and online. If you're a man, if you drink, if you're doing uh, uh, drugs, I still invite you to my church. Why? Because you belong before you behave, Boothang. Come on, somebody. You belong before you have. I dare you to get a whiff of who you are. I dare you to have a a suspicion of who God tells you you are. It will change you from the inside out. See, watch this. You go to church, you just say, "God, God wants me to stop doing this. No, God wants to change you from the inside, not just the outside. Come on, somebody. God wants to change you from the inside, not just the outside. And that's the best way. Come on, y'all, you out there. So identity, say identity. God wants to give you identity. I'll never forget. It might make me cry. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to. Okay. I played baseball for many years. And you know the rule in baseball. There's no. Oh, let me tell you. When a 95 mile an hour fastball hits you. Oh, my Lord. That hurts. But you better not cry. All right. (laughs) You walk it off. All right. But now that I'm a pastor, I got all sappy and stuff. All right. But I want to show you a picture. I think we have it for the screen. I'm not too sure. On November 1st, 2019, my world, I can't look at it, I'll start to cry. My, my world changed. I, I never knew love like this before. I never knew a love like this before. And when I held the, my daughter, we, we named her Hope. Because I, I was hopeless in my life. But Jesus Christ had given me such a hope and transformation in my life. I named my daughter Hope to tell the devil, that's right, you had me, but look at Jesus. Look what he's done for me. Amen. There's always hope. But watch this. I, I, I bring that picture up because when I held her, I realized the awesome responsibility of being a, I mean, it was a bit scary. Like, man, I'm holding this, this angel and I'm shaking, I'm quaking and, you know, I don't know, you know, what do I do? And, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, God. Am I ready for this and all of that? And, um, But I knew as I held my little girl, one of the greatest responsibilities I had for the rest of my life was not only to raise her, but watch this, to tell her who she is and whom she belongs to. As I held my little girl, I realized that she has my traits, some of my, or, you know, she, growing up, I see some of my, some scary traits, (laughs) some good traits. I realized she has my, she belongs to me. She has my DNA and my blood running through her veins. She looks like me. I remember her nose came out. I'm like, that, that's my girl. She, we have the same nose. It's my job, fathers, and it's your job to tell your kids 
who they are all of the days of their life. Not just, especially when they're little. Especially, watch this, and I want to give you these sub points. If your kids don't know who they are, they may try and belong to someone or something else. All right? Fathers, if we don't tell our kids who they are, then someone else will come along and try to define them. To define them. Hello, wake up. Someone else is going to come along and say, this is who you are. But my daughter, Hope, can say, no, world, I know who I am not, and I know who I am because my daddy has been telling me all along whose I am. I am an Alfaro. Sometimes I cry, and I'll tell her, sit down, honey, I want to tell you something. You're an Alfaro. We're stubborn, but we're strong, all right? You're an Alfaro. And I tell her, look at me. I want you to tell you, you're an Alfaro. Do you know what that means? Alfaro. It means lighthouse. And I tell her, honey, you are made, God, your name means lighthouse, and God brought you to the earth so that you can shine in, in Jesus' name. That's what I tell her that. I tell her you're blessed. I tell her that you are, you are worthy of my love. And watch this. You belong to me. That's why, let me tell you something, theologically speaking, that's why God, especially in the Old Testament, gets, you know the Bible says that God is a jealous God? You know, how, you know what that means? Sometimes we confuse that with another, I'm forgetting the word, the other with um, envy. That's right, envy. But sometimes, so, watch this, you can only be jealous of something that belongs to you. That's why when the Israelites went astray and served Baal and all these other gods, all right, that God in heaven is like, those are my kids. They belong to me. That's why he gets angry. That's why he, he's just so passionate, all right. And watch this. I want you to know this because this is so significant for us dads. And to, for our kids, you ought to treat your kids or tell your kids that they belong to you before they behave. Before they behave. Watch this. Of course we want kids who behave. Of course we want kids not jumping on the couches and throwing things and trashing the floor. Of course. But watch this. You have to let them know that you accept them and you affirm them and you love them no matter what. This is biblical, what I'm telling you right now. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. It says this in the scripture, in the NKJV. It says, watch this. This is right when Jesus started his public ministry, right at the beginning. And Jesus had performed no miracles yet. Jesus was a miracle worker. He was a healer. But watch what God God tells him, the Father, before he had done anything. Look what Mark chapter 1, verse 9 says. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth. Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan and immediately, say immediately, immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and a spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice, a voice, then a voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. This happened before Jesus had done any miracles. In other words, God is letting everyone know that this is my kid. He is the monogonese. He is the one of the begotten and only he belongs to me. All right. He is affirming him in front of everybody. Beloved means cherished, prized, and value. All right. And to be pleased means that God takes delight in his son. All right. Watch this. Our kids are not always going to follow our directions. I will never forget the day my daughter first sinned. I will never forget it. She was one years old. All right. That be, I, I didn't, I, I literally looked at my wife and said, this is already started. I told my wife, I, and then 
my, my daughter would grab this, you know, seven-foot light pole, whatever, or lamp in our house, and she would wiggle it on purpose, and she would look at me as she wiggled it. And then she would take it further. I kid you not, I picture it. She would wave at me as she's wiggling it. And I'd be like, whoa, we got to have, man, we got to rebuke the devil right now, all right? But watch this. You know, Christianity is not performance-based. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Christianity is not performance-based. Nor should your kids or your family or your household be performance-based. Of course you want your kids a bit. You can give the Lord a clap for that, all right? None of Jesus' followers behaved the right way. G- Peter was a cussing Peter. You know what I'm saying? Peter was a pull out your knife, cuss, a foo up Peter, all right? You know what I'm saying, all right? But Jesus loved them through the baggage. He was there, all right? You let your kids know that you love them. And let me tell you, I don't even agree with my wife at times. I love and cherish her, all right? You may not agree, but watch this. Accept them and love them, all right? Love them. And watch this. As you do that, you, I promise you, their behavior will start to change in Jesus' name. It's who they are. When I'm holding my little girl, it's who she is that, that, that matters to me most, not just what she does. Let me say that again. It's who she is that matters to me most, not just what she does. You see that? It's what, who she is. Why? Because she belongs to me. Somebody say amen. My DNA is running through her body. My blood is running through her veins. She is my own. Somebody say amen. Look what Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says about you, about the imago day. Say imago you say, what, homie? Imago Dei. It means that we're made in the likeness and the image of God. Look at this. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. You bear the likeness of your heavenly father. Uh, in that, so as I say about my daughter, it's not just what she does, who she is. Same goes for you. If you catch a revelation of who you are in the name of Jesus, watch this. It will change your behavior. Someone say amen. You out there? So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. That's a whole other message for another time, all right? It's who they are. You know, one of my favorite movies, and I often share it because it means so much to me, is The Lion King. Come on, y'all, all right? The Lion King. And uh, that movie ministered to me. I think I, sh- I share all the time. I remember taking Kareen out to the movies to see that, all right? And I remember almost crying, almost crying in the theater. My dad just died, just just died. And there's a part where his uncle lies to Simba and says, you're not the king. He says, this is who you are. And Simba believes it, all right? He tells him to run away, all right? And, and there's a scene where, where the Simba is screaming out, dad. Dad, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm gonna cry. I got to get out some popcorn, get some, you know, get a Coke. So I need to get up out of here because I'm going to cry. I mean, it was touching my soul, all right? Let me tell you, as a pastor, all right, who you are in Jesus, you are the beloved of God. You are forgiven completely of all your sin. You are from above and not below. You are the head and not the tail. You are a pastor and priest and prophet in your home. You are a somebody, regardless of what they say out there. Someone say amen. Catch a revelation of this. You got to know this. None of my, my dad, my grandfather, my dad, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather on that side didn't know who they were, all right? And I'm so grateful that God opened my eyes to see who I am in Jesus so I can set just, you know, so I could raise my son in a new light 
in a new way. So identities, number one, say identity. Number two, watch this pastor, say pastor. The second quality of a good father is that he is a pastor in his home and a shepherd to his family. A good father is a pastor in his home. You say, Pastor Michael, I don't know how to be a pastor. Pastor Michael, let me tell you, you don't need a seminary degree, a master's of arts and divinity, all right, to be a pastor or to learn what a shepherd was. In fact, biblically speaking and educate, uh, uh, historically speaking, pastors, weren't that, uh, pastors and shepherds weren't educated people, but they do knew how to raise a flock. Come on, someone. They knew how to raise a flock and lead the flock. A pastor is a, is a, is a spiritual father to his household. It is often comparable to a pastor and the church. In fact, the Bible says this, all right, I believe in 1 Timothy, let me go to the scripture. It says this, it says, uh, 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 actually, I'm getting ahead of I'm not gonna read that right now. Excuse me, all right. (laughs) It it talks about this, that a, a father is like a pastor that we guide, we teach, we admonish our children and our family. What does a pastor do? A pastor leads his family or leads the church to, uh, or just a shepherd in normal terms, leads the sheep to graze on green grass, to go near still quiet waters, restores their soul. A pastor is a leader and a spiritual uh, leader for his family. All right. That is so significant. All right, and if, and if it has to be, a pastor throws the lambs over his head, all right, to carry them. Sometimes you need to carry your kids. Sometimes you need to carry your wife, so to speak, all right. Sometimes you need to put them on your back when they don't understand. You're sp- and watch this, sheep are not the smartest of animals. Sometimes they'll go off a cliff. They often go astray. Let me say that again. Sheep often go astray. But what does a shepherd and a pastor do? He guides them in the right way. That's the role of a dad and a father in the house. It's to guide Guide his kids in the right way to show them the word of God, to bring them to church, to pray for his family. We are called to be a good pastor in our home and a shepherd to our family. Watch this. God Almighty is often likened to a shepherd king, a shepherd God, God that he leads his flock, that he cares and he sustains his flock. That's what we ought to do as Uh, fathers and dads point number three quality number three a good father all right is this a good father is a provider say it with me a good father it's getting real quiet say a good father is a provider he provides for his family he he mimics his eternal god watch this god our father is a great provider as my wife was sharing that's one of the things that my dad hardly ever done is provide and it made it was a struggle for our family but watch this as fathers we want to we want to give better opportunity to our kids than we had come on someone we want them to have new advantages that we never had all right we want to provi- provide a pathway for them to have an education to to have to be able to grow up and do the things that God has called them to do. I love what one person says, our heavenly father is this, a provider, a way out of trouble, our way through valleys. He provides lights in darkness, healing for the hurting, hope for the hopeless, love for the broken, joy for the despondent, rest for the restless, peace for the anxious. Our father is a provider. And watch this. He's provided redemption, forgiveness, and life eternal. So if our God in heaven does this, watch this. We ought to do this as well. Someone say amen. But watch this as well. The greatest provisions 
that we as dads could ever provide for our family is not just finances. The greatest of things that we can provide for our family is not found in Target, is not found on Amazon on the, with a click of a button. Watch this. Even the poorest dad can leave the wealthiest inheritance for his kids. Someone say amen. All right. Watch this. Why? Because he provides for them in ways that are more significant than just material blessings. Although that is awesome. All right. But, God, but it's more important. Uh, what is more important than the material blessings is the spiritual blessings. All right. Telling them who they are. Being present. Providing. Always sustaining and caring. Having compassion. All right. God wants you to provide dads more than what can be bought on shelves, all right? But provide them what it says in the word of God that will go beyond just this life and the next life. Someone say amen. Psalm 145 verse 16 says this, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. First Timothy chapter five verse eight, now this is sobering and it's true, but it says this, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. And such people are worse than unbelievers, all right? Watch this, There's, just the mere presence of a dad brings order to the family and structure to the family. And part of our role in our family is to provide someone say amen all right is to provide i'm gonna have the keys on up here quality number four let me recap real quick before i move on so five qualities of a good father number one identity number two to be a pastor and a shepherd of his house number three to be a good provider and number four is this a good father is a protector a good father is a protector a good father let me tell you men we are not called to be cowards in the name of Jesus. That might be them out there, but God has called us to have courage, like the scripture I read to you from Joshua 1.9, to be strong and to be courageous. One of the things that, I've, that my dad has left me, not many things, but one of the things that my father has left me was that my dad was a protector. My dad was strong and as part of the Alfaro heritage. He was stubborn and strong. I witnessed him fight cancer. I witnessed him uh, deal with just how things in his life he was a strong man a good father is a protector and i want to let you know that god in heaven is the same way god in heaven is an almighty protector do you just do you know that daily daily god in heaven dispatches angels just to protect you he dispatches angels to protect you from car accidents, from things, from people. Come on, someone. How many know what I'm talking about? God is a protector. He delivered two to three million Israelites from the land of Egypt into the promised land. They were messing with his kids, all right? And Jesus said to Saul before he became Paul, he said, uh, you are persecuting me. You mess with my kids, you mess with me. And in the same way, earthly fathers, we need to protect our kids. I can't tell you, I bought a ring camera, all right? I'm, bu I'm buying, app. My, my daughter actually one day got lost at Disneyland. She got lost, it was the scariest moment in the entire world. I didn't care what no one thought about me. I was like, hope, hope, that's my girl. That's, that speaks, that's a mess, hope. She came running back to me, she said, I said, oh, where'd you go? Daddy, I heard the parade, I ran off. Well, girl, don't ever do that again, all right? Protector, all right? Often I look out, 
uh, in my front yard. I'm looking at who's parking in front of my house. I'm going to protect my kids. I, I, watch this. And not only my kids, I'm going to protect my wife. I'm going to protect my wife. I will never forget. I had seen, and I'm, I just, you don't need to be scared about this, this, is, this, but this is a reality. I remember seeing a demon-possessed person shrieking, convulsing, all that kind of stuff. You know, first thing I told my wife, you go stand over there, all right? You need to be safe, all right? See, watch this. The way we protect our kids and our children, our family, is we put them behind our back. Come on, we're gonna take, we're gonna take the hits first, all right? That's what fathers do. We take the hit. First, we protect. We are a shield to our family, the way God is a shield to us, all right? The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous flee to it and are safe. Let me ask someone today this morning, Dad, are you a place that your kids can flee to and be safe? Are they afraid to go to you because they feel unsafe? Watch this. God wants to, uh, God wants to grace you and fill you with his love so that you become a safe person and a safe place so that your kids, when they think, when they're in trouble, you're the very first place they go to in Jesus' name, all right? We need to protect our children from the wolves of social media, all right? You, if you don't know anything about phones, you better start, all right? YouTube it. Wrong relationships, Wrong relationship. We need to be careful about what they're watching and what they're allowing into their minds and their spirit. We need to protect them from what's in the world, uh, from what's in the world, its values and its perversions, all right? The heart of God is to protect his kids. The heart of God is to protect his kids, all right? It reminds me, I think my wife shared this a little bit ago, that when a lion, you know, the Bible, the Bible tells us that the devil is like a lion, ready just to pounce on, on us, all right? But you know what elephants do in the nighttime? I've seen a National Geographic. They hear the, the lions roaring. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard a lion roar in real life. I mean, it is, it is an amazing thing. But one day I've seen this National Geographic uh, episode and the lions are roaring. They wanna get a baby elephant calf. But what the elephants do is the whole community comes together and surrounds all the calves. All the elephants are looking outward, protecting, protecting their kids, all right? We as a church, not just dads, but even dads in the church, we need to do that. Come on, someone, where we surround our children, our family on all sides. How can you protect them? Not just with your muscles, all right? But protect them in the Holy Spirit. Pray a blessing over them. Pray over them. Read your word to them. Confess the scriptures over them so that the devil will take his hands off of them in Jesus' name. That's one of the things that I do. See, a shepherd has a rod, uh, a staff and a rod, a staff to guide, but also a rod to beat up the wolves. Come on, someone, to, 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 to get them away, all right? And you don't know this, but pastor up here protects you. You don't know this because we keep, I don't want to say keep it secret, it's behind the scenes stuff, but I've had to get a rod, spiritually speaking. We've had to drive some homies out of here. We've had to drive some people out of here. Why? Because they were a threat to the church, all right? That's what a dad does. He protects. That's what we're called to do in our family. Psalms 91 verse 1 through 7 says this. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. 
He will shelter you with his wings. Isn't that beautiful? His faithful promises are an armor and protection. And don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day. Do not dread the disease. Isn't isn't this good stuff right here? Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these will not touch you. Jesus' kids. Come on, somebody say amen. So he's a protector. Protect your kids. Now watch this. A little bit of wisdom. Some of us might feel, some of our kids might view us as unsafe. If I could be, can I be straight up honest with you guys? One of the things I'm working on in my, and I've often shared, I have a spiritual director. I have a spiritual director. I have a few of them. Somebody say amen. And they check on me. But one of the things that I've, and this is very common with men, is, uh, you know, I've been working on anger all my life. I've been working on anger my whole life because of the situation of my dad and my grandfather and my great-grandfather. It's embittered me in the past, and it's made me angry, sometimes in the past even angry at God. What did I do? Why do I have to deal with this? Why didn't they shape up, right? And you know what one of the scriptures tells us that we have to be slow to anger, You know, God is, the Bible says about God, he's slow to anger, all right? And sometimes as men, we carry so much in our heart. We carry so much in our life. There are things that we deal with that our wives and our children, some of us are cops and police officers and firemen in my church, and they don't know everything we go through, all right? We don't need to tell them everything, so to speak, sometimes, all right? Uh, um, But we carry a lot, and sometimes we just hold a lot of anger inside and there's explosions and eruptions in the house. But watch this, go to God. Let God soften your heart. Get, join a fellowship of men, all right? In fact, one brother wanted to start a men's group here at the Calling Church, let's do that. So that we have a safe place to give grace to one another. Somebody say amen. But watch this, your kids want you to be a safe person. If they constantly see you explode on them, they're not going to view you as a safe person. They're, they're going to tiptoe around you. But watch this. God wants to help your heart. He wants to forgive your sin. He wants to help alleviate the issues that you're feeling. And watch this. I believe that you can identify with Jesus. You know why, dads? Because Jesus knew what it felt to be alone. Jesus known what it felt to be betrayed. Jesus known uh, what uh, uh, anxiety felt like to the point of sweating Uh, blood. He can relate to us. He's a great example. Let me go to the last one. The last quality of a good father is this. A good father is present. Say present. He is present. Dads, you might not be the sharpest tool in the shed. You might not have the greatest of words to share. You might not make the most money in your neighborhood. You might not know a lot about a lot, but let me tell you one thing and make it clear. The fact that when you become present, when you're just there, that means the world to your kids and to your family. You're at dance recitals, you're at baseball games, you're there at dinner time, you're there at bedtime to say a prayer. You might, we have people like this in our church, you might not be all that, all right, so to speak, but your presence is everything to your kids. And watch this, your lack of presence makes your whole family dysfunctional. So just show up. It don't mean you have to have the right words. It might, might even make mean that when you show up, you might make mistakes, but show 
up anyway. Come on, someone say amen, all right? This is a, a characteristic of God the Father. God the Father has always been with his kids, always been with his kids. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter one uh, or two that he used to walk with Adam in the cool of the morning. How awesome is that? The Bible says that when Israelites left Egypt, that God dwelt among them in the tabernacle tent, in the tent of meeting. Later when Israel became a nation under King David and Solomon, God dwelt among them. His presence was right in the middle of them, amongst them, all right, during the days of the temple. And we see, the Bible says in these last days that Jesus had dwelt among his people by being born a Galilean from Nazareth, born in a cave, so to speak, all right, walking among us being present and today the Holy Spirit is everywhere present with you and with me. I love the scripture in Psalm 23, yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the Lord my Abba is with me. Your presence dad means everything. When I'm failing and I make mistakes, your mere presence encourages me and it builds me up. It gives me a sense of security and strength. Someone say amen. You don't even have to say anything. You're weak your nod, all right, a simple smile uh, can change the atmosphere of our hearts and our lives. Somebody say amen, you out there today. So let me recap, because I know the barbecue is sounding real good, all right? Number one, the five qualities of a good father. Number one, he shares identity. He tells his kids who they are, who they belong to. Number two, a good dad is a pastor and a shepherd to his family and his home. Number three, a good father is a provider and sustainer. Number four, a good father is a protector. He's gonna protect his kids. And number five, a good father is present. Kind of every head and every eye bowed just for a moment with me in this house today. I love what John chapter one, verse 12 says through 13 in the NIV. It says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed, say believed, believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or a husband's will, but born of God. Dads, one of the greatest things that you could ever do for your family and your children is to have a heart for Christ and is to go after God. Let me tell you, men, life will never make sense unless you invite the one who made your life. And watch this, men, God wants you to heal from the baggage of the wounds of the past. You say, Pastor Michael, God can't relate to me. How can Jesus relate to me? Let me tell you, when Jesus rose again, he still had his wounds in his hands and his side. Remember, he told Thomas, look at my hands. They're pierced. Because why? Scars tell stories. I want you to accept Christ if you don't know Christ today, man. I really mean that because why? It will change your life as it changed mine. God will take away the baggage. God will take away the hurt. Or maybe this, maybe honestly after service, you just need some prayer. You need healing. You need encouragement. We're gonna have prayer warriors up here in the front to pray with you. But if you do not know Christ, I would say accept him. The Bible says this, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why not give your life to the one who makes sense out of everything? Why not give your life to the one who is the answer to everything? Why not find rest 
in this depressed and restless world, find your rest in Christ Jesus this morning. You may not be perfect men, you may not have all the answers, but let me tell you one thing, when you get your life right with Christ, your life will not be falling apart, it will be coming back together again in the name of Jesus. So this invitation, especially is for men, but this invitation to know Christ and to get your heart right with Christ is for everyone in the room. If you do not know Christ, get to know him today. Receive him by faith. And how do you do that, Pastor Michael? You just, I'm, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you raise your hand. No one's watching. And we're all gonna pray in agreement together to receive Christ. Let me tell you, hell is too hot. Eternity is too long and life is too short not to give your life to Christ and take this seriously. God wants to, God has a beautiful life, a designed life for, with purpose and intentionality for you and your families. So if that's you and you're in the house today, Pastor Michael, say no more. I know I need my heart to get right with Christ. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this on the count of three, just raise your hand. No one's watching. This is a private moment with you and Pastor Michael and God. Here we go, ready? I wanna receive Christ as my savior and receive forgiveness of my sins. Here we go, ready? One, two, three. Just hands up if that's you, hands up. Amen, amen. So good, so powerful, amazing, amazing, amazing. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Hands down, awesome. All right, lift up your head, open up your eyes, give the Lord an amazing clap, all right? So powerful, so good. That's the biggest important, most important decision you can make. Can you repeat this after me online, in person? Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Lord, I wanna live for you. I wanna trust you. I want you to come into my heart. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Come on, let's give the Lord another clap. So powerful and important, all right? So, so good. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit the callingla.com slash give.